Good morning, everyone. I hope you can all hear me uh, this morning. Before um, I go into the word, um, just guys, just put your camera on and just greet each other. I know we can't do any Christian hugs at the moment, uh, a bit difficult, but we can do Zoom hugs. So please just open your camera, just say hi to each other, um, you know, say a nice word to each other like we used to do back in the days. Hello. Hurrah. Uh, <laughs> Don't be shy. Don't be shy. And uh, you can uh, put your um, microphone on as well. And then just, um, I want to give you opportunity for everyone to just uh, congratulate, uh, say hi to each other. Um, feel free to talk. And um, then we can invite the Lord uh, in our midst as well. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Peter's in the Zoom world. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone. Hello, from the universe. All the way from the way from the way from the way from the way Morning, Hello, Hi. Melanie. Hi. Hi. Wow, we've got some. Hello, Pastor Ben. Hello, Joe. Hi. <laughs> Where's Samuel and uh, the lovely one? This is just for them to say hi, Sam. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> we'll have the time to uh, congregate to be later on. Um, I, I guess you guys can keep your camera on as well if you want to. Um, just give me a, be a little bit of a focus as well. Uh, while I'm speaking, which is quite uh, handy. But uh, before we do that, I just really want to pray again, um, just bring the Lord into our midst. Father, we thank you so much for the service. You know how you already moved in the service, Father, through prayer this morning, um, through uh, the coordination, through the word, uh, sorry, through the, the, the worship and also through the communion. Lord, as I speak this morning, you know that I cannot speak unless you speak through me. So, Father, use me as a vessel to speak your word to myself and to each other, Lord, so we can continue to stay close to you, especially in the season that we're in, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It's an interesting season we're in, guys. Um, I was there yesterday. Um, going to prepare the word and then obviously uh, sitting down watching the news expecting I got this news flashed about two o'clock Sky News telling me that Boris Johnson is going to make an announcement about 5 30 and when they say that I had a feeling I was under the impression something was going to happen and potentially uh, get some new regulation in by the time we were reaching four five o'clock everybody knew this that was supposed to be uh, the message was the boys Johnson was supposed to say was meant to be done on Monday or Tuesday, but the information was leaked, so he has to come yesterday and impose a new lockdown. Now we've seen this happening in the UK, but to be honest, we were expecting this to come. You know, many people have spoken about what was going to take place. Uh, we've seen neighbors countries such as France, uh, Germany. Uh, Belgium that went into lockdown, Wales and Scotland also went into lockdown recently. And for many businesses or many people, it is something that they didn't want to happen. 
for many, many various reasons. Um, probably some of them medical reason, it's on the health reason, but also financials. Finances is something that's really uh, at the moment at the heart of what's taking place during the pandemic beside the health of the people. And um, as a people of God, we have to take a different approach. Now, Marcel and I is running this um, um, show every Saturday um, morning called Revelation Hour when we talked about preparing for the return of Jesus. Nikki, a message that Nikki has been uh, preaching over the last few months now. And truly, the message that we are receiving from many people and, and especially some of the prophets in the world, a renowned prophet, is that there is a shaking that's coming. There is a shaking that's coming into this world. And, and I have to be very careful how I deliver this word today, you know. So the, the purpose of this word is not to scare people off, but it's to draw people closer to Christ, draw people closer to God as we are preparing to entering a new season. So last month, uh, when I share, I shared the topic called walking in faith. And this topic was focusing on Hebrew 11, which is really referring to uh, some of the men of faith that has been mentioned in his book, such as uh, Enoch, um, such as Abraham, Sarah, Moses, uh, Noah, which we are going to look into it. But last month, we were focusing on Abraham and we discovered that even though he was called the father of faith, Abraham went through so many trial and tribulation before getting into that level of trusting God completely. And looking at this, we are looking at Hebrew 11.1. 1, we just say, now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm just going to see if I can put it on the screen for you guys so you can actually add the scripture. The New King James Version said this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The NIV mentioned now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And the NLT version says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So what we did, we defined that the word evidence could also be translated as conviction. And when we look at Hebrew 11, we see, as mentioned, the mention of all those great men and women in the Bible. But what made them so special? What were they mentioned? For those who know the Bible upside down, you know, who read the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation, know that God has used many people through the Bible to maybe show us the way that we need to go, but also show us the different experiences. But there were particular people that were mentioned in Hebrew 11 that made them so different compared to the other one. And that was their faith towards God. And that was the absolute conviction in the promises of God. And I have to really meditate on, on, on this word for quite a long time. My faith has grown over the years. And I'm sure that pretty much everybody's faith also grows over the years. But really based on experiences that we are going through 
whether they, they are good experiences or not so good experiences, our faith is working constantly. And those men and women, they have the absolutely conviction in the promises of God. And that's something that we spoke about last time. Now, when we're talking about the absolute conviction that God will keep his promises, we're not saying may keep his promises. You have to be sure, 100% sure that God, whatever God has speak, spoken into your life, he will do it. That's what I'm talking about when we're talking about faith. It is not having a plan B or a plan C or thinking God may do it. It's knowing that God will do it. Now, when we're looking at the second lockdown that's not going to take place on from Thursday onward, as people of God, we've got to be convicted and convinced that God as our back. We are going to see many things around us taking place. We are going to see friends of us maybe going through different traumas and tribulation. But we have to be strong in the Lord in this season, especially in this season. So we can drag people of the water. And I'm professing now and I'm seeing that many people will look up to us now to see how we are going to react through the different situation that's taking place now. People are going to look up to Christian and look up to them. You know, when I'm at work and over the last few months, I've been, as I mentioned before, I've been speaking to uh, one of my colleagues, which is got like a Muslim background and don't really uh, practice um, his faith but one of the things that is looking up at the moment is how is my faith and all I can hear the word and he said yeah you seem you got your God you have your God you have your God that's because the way that I'm speaking and not only the way that I'm speaking the way I'm relating to him and we are now the beacon and the light of this world People are going to see system failing. They are going to see um, everything failing around them. And the only thing that I will stand and I need to stand is us. Us, because of the conviction that we have in our God that we serve. Hebrew 11 says this in verse 4. He said, by faith, Abel. In verse 5, he mentioned the faith of Enoch. In verse 8 to 11 and 70 to 19, he mentioned about the faith of Abraham. And he also mentioned the faith of Sarah and the faith of Moses. And verse 7, he mentioned the faith of Noah. Let's turn to Hebrew 11, verse 7. Let's see if I can pull it on the screen for you guys as well. Hebrew 11.7 says this. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness 
which is according to faith. Hebrew 11, 6 says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who come to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The NIV version says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because Anyone who come to him must believe, number one, that he exists, and number two, that he reward those who earnestly seek him. The NLT go even further and says this, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he reward those who sincerely seek him. The interesting thing is this. In those portions of scripture, the first thing that we see is that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we are not talking about, we're talking about Bible faith here, which we spoke about last month. So you cannot please God without having faith in him. Number one, you have to have faith in him. But number two, you also must believe that he exists. Here, when we're talking about the word exists, it's not only said that he's here. We are talking about all the attributes of God, the omnipotence, the omniscient, the all-powerful, the all-knowing. You must believe that God is all those things. So number one, you can't please him without having that faith. Number two, you must believe that he is who he says he is. Then the reward, after you seek him diligently. I remember um, Pastor Mecca sharing this word based on Matthew 6, um, Matthew 6, 23 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and all shall be added unto you. Now, if you look at the scripture and this portion of scripture, it's about seeking God first. It's about not seeking your things that you want. And then God, you seek God. You seek God first. Then all the things that you ask for, God will reward you. He will give it to you. So there's an emphasis here for us. And that's what I'm sensing my spirit. As I'm, praying, I'm speaking now, the Lord is speaking to me. There is an emphasis here for us to seek him. To seek him. Brothers and sisters, this is a real season for us. When the world's going to begin to look for answers. And the answers that they will find, they have to find it in us. For we are the beacon of light. We are the light of this world. Jeremiah 29. Um, Jeremiah, sorry, 29 verse 11 says this. For I know the thought that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. So we know that faith is the absolute confidence that we are, we are willing to put everything, and I say everything on the line, including our life. 
faith is the absolute confidence that no matter how dark, how um, low we are, how the situation, how bad the situation is, no matter how long it will take, no matter how contrary it is to what everybody thinks, I have the absolute confidence is the one that I served, the one that I served, the one that I believe, which is my God. You see, we have to believe that God is able. We have to believe it. If God says something to you, you have to believe it. We saw last time that God spoke to Abraham. He said he would make him a nation. He would give him a son. And we understand the difficulties to believe this word, especially for Sarah at the beginning, be of such an old age and unable to bear a child. Nevertheless, God's promise came to pass. Despite the shortcoming of Abraham in terms of doing in his own way, you know, having a child in his own way, God still fulfilled the promises. Because eventually, Abraham came back to the way needed to. Abraham believed God and God fulfilled that promise. I'm asking you this morning and asking myself, what did God promise you? What did God spoke to you this month, last month, last year, two years ago, five years ago? And it still hasn't come to pass. And I want to say this to somebody here. I don't want to give the name again. I'm saying it. I've seen that person. Hold on. Hold on. Because what God has spoken to you, it will come to pass. Hold on. So what did God promise Noah? You see, I looked into Noah's story. And... I was amazed as I was reading the word of God and, and, and doing the research about, about Noah and about, about his life and everything. I was stricken by, first of all, the situation he was in, but also his character. And I want us to turn to it. Genesis chapter 6. We're going to read this a long portion of scripture here, but it's important that we read it and I will try to unpack it this morning and if I don't have the time then we'll do it next time you see I believe that God has been speaking to different one about doing something but some of us have been reluctant because it doesn't make any sense at all and sometimes God will ask us to do things that don't make don't make any sense but God wants us to do this. He wants us to trust him. And I'm here the word say, you need to trust me. You need to trust me. And when we look at Noah's situation and Noah's life, we're seeing God asking Noah to do something that at the time didn't make any sense at all. James 2, 14 to 26 says this, faith without work is dead. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food 
And one of you say to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Though also faith by itself, if it does not have work, is dead. If your faith has no work, is irrelevant. It is dead. And that is what I wanted to share this morning. When we look at Abraham, when we look, sorry, at Noah, faith without exercise is dead. Those who have faith need to act on it. And the act is about be obedient to what God is saying. So when we look at Noah's life, God said to do something, but it didn't make sense. Hebrew 11 said, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. He was divinely warned of things that he did not see. And he obeyed God and prepared an ark. Now, when we look in Genesis chapter 6, and he reads this, now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the Son of God saw daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of whole whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his death shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old men of Ronan. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the context that's taking place during Noah's time. As we've seen here, it shows here that men begin to multiply on the earth. We stepping up from the story of Adam and Eve, they have a free son and other son and daughters, and they begin to multiply on the earth. They begin to fill the earth. And obviously, we have the story of what we call the sons of God, which is a reference to the fallen angel coming into the earth and getting into the daughters of men and creating what God's called an abomination. The wickedness was growing such a, such a strong way that the whole earth was filled with impurity, with uh, sins and wickedness to a, such a point that the Bible said that God was sorry that he made man. 
Now, when our children come to us and say, done something wrong and said, daddy, mommy, I'm sorry, we forgive them is this. But we've got to understand the situation here. When the word says sorry, it means God was in pain. He was literally in pain. He was grieved by what was taking place on the earth. And we're not talking about 10, 15 years. This is centuries and millennium time from the time Adam seen, the first time Adam seen, from the time Cain killed his brother Abel to that time that we are coming now, there's been thousands of years going through. And during those thousands of years, man has become more wicked each time. The heart of man completely changed. Sin completely took over the whole earth. That God mindset change he knew what was going to take place but his heart was so grieved that he was sorry he was greed he was his pain that he made man so what he decided to do is destroy it and start again reset button i was listening to this message and and this podcast and never heard that word existed you know when we look at genesis chapter one we're talking about creation. We see how God created the earth and then I created man and created woman after the one and placed them and I gave them the word of attended this, this beautiful garden until Adam and Eve sin and then come out of the garden. What we are seeing in um, Genesis chapter 6, 7, we are seeing God doing a decreation. That's the word that they use. And I was like, wow. So from creation, he decreated the earth by killing everything that is alive, every living species and man. Even though man was corrupted by sin, the earth was also corrupted. The sin also corrupted the seed of the earth. So the plants, every living creatures that was on the earth was not corrupted by sin. And God decided that enough is enough. I'm going to tell you something about our lovely God. God is a God of love. But there's also another side of God. Judgment. And God will judge the earth again. The Bible speaks that as the time of where the time of Noah people were drinking, doing things, God will come and put his judgment on it. So there would be another judgment on his earth. But God was patient enough to wait thousands of years before he decided to start it over. So in this portion of scripture, chapter Genesis 6, 7, and 8, we see on one side, God about to judge the earth. But on the other side, we've got a God of love and redemption through Noah. God was so grieved, not because of his mistakes. It wasn't God's mistakes. He was grieved of what man was doing or what was given to him. So for that, he decided to destroy the earth. But the Bible say in Genesis 6, uh, Genesis, sorry, 6, chapter um, 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of God. In verse 13, God said to Noah, 
the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopwoods. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing flood water on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life everything that is on the earth shall die but i will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark you your son your wife and your son's wife with you and of every living things of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you they shall be male and female of the bird after the kinds of animals after the kind and of every creeping things of the earth after its kinds two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive and you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten and you shall gather it to yourself and it shall be food for you and for them verse 22 noah did according to all that god commanded him so he did this is incredible description and uh, um, a message that God is giving to Noah. So let me say something here. In verse 6, God said that because of what man has done, he will shorten the life to 120 years. At that time, he gave the message to Noah to build the ark. So for 120 years, God entrusted Noah of the incoming flood. And it took exactly 120 years for Noah to build the ark. When the time was come, after 120 years, as God has spoken and the man shall not live more than 120 years, by the time 120 years came, the flood came and wiped out every man and every living species on the earth at the exception of noah his three sons his wife and his son's wife there were eight people on the boat left during that time now what we need to understand about this situation is that noah was living in a region in mesopotamia and at the time it was a dry land he probably never seen the ocean undoubtedly probably never seen a boat in his life and he was told by god to build a gigantic building that was twice the size of the hmhs victory now let me tell you something here for those who need figures about the size of his boat and then i'm going to show you something the boat says here was about 500 feet 155 meters long 
85 feet, about 26 meters. Those are approximate figures. They know the, they know the, fig, the approximate figures. And 51 feet, which is about 16 meters high. He had no expertise in how to build a boat. Let me tell you this. He had no all the great tools in the world to do it. He had only primitive tools to build. And he had only these three sons to help him to build that boat. Now, in 2016, they, in Kentucky, in America, they um, did something extraordinary. They actually retally uh, reconstructed um, the Ark of Noah. And I managed to get some footage of it. This is the size of the boat that I was constructed by Noah and his three sons. It is an amazing, gigantic boat. This is not some small boat or some boat that you may see in a cutty-sack in Greenwich. This is a measure, measure big boat. And as we look here in those pictures, in those videos, there is no expertise at all. Build it over three decks. When you can bring animals, they have everything inside. They have a system as well, a system to be able to feed each animal. Each animal built in its own kind, built into that boat in its own kind, and a, and a feeding system here. It is an incredible piece of work. But what it is more um, interesting about is that God gave him those specific instructions and he was able to build that boat based on God's instructions. How many times God has asked her to do something and we may have done 80% of it or 70, 60%. Listen, I hold my hands up. Many times God asked me to do something and I may be done 60, 70%. But God requires in this season to be obedient to the letters. When God asks us to do something, we need to do it because of his provision is protection or wise We can't see what is ahead of us. But God sees it. God sees it all. And sometimes you may have this inclination that God asks you to do specific things that doesn't make any sense. Noah built a boat and at the time it did not make any sense at all. But he was obedient. The naval says this, that this boat was the most stable boat known to mankind and incredible so it took 120 years for noah to build a boat by the time the flood came then him his families his three sons wives and his wife went into the boat the bible also speak in second peter 2 5 that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So during that time when he was building that boat, not only was he not only preparing the ark for salvation, for redemption, he was also speaking to people to come into the boat. In 120 years, can you imagine building a boat in your back garden and your neighbors are coming to you and laughing at you, constantly laughing at you, thinking that you are crazy. Most of that generation didn't see any rain at all or any ocean, so they don't believe what's taking place. Noah 
obey God based on what God told him without knowing the reason, a specific reason why he knew he needed to build a boat. Noah spent 120 years to share that news to people, to speak that word that the flood was coming. And you know what the sad truth about it is that no one listened to Noah. When the water opened, when the flood came, there was no one in the boat beside Noah, his wife, their son, and their children. Noah did enough to get the animal, to gather the animal. God brought the animals into the ark. And the Bible speaks that God shut the ark. Sometime when I was watching, I don't know whether you guys watched this movie called Noah, and I managed to get a, a couple of clips as well. What I found this movie was very detailed in terms of the flood. It kind of gave us a bit of a perspective, the kind of flood that we are talking about. This is not some small flood. This is truly flood. The flood was covering the whole earth. God brought water everywhere. And for 44 days, it was raining, it was torrential, and this flood wiped the whole earth. No one survived except those who were in the ark. And when I think about the ark of Noah, I can't stop thinking about the cross, redemption. The cross is our ark. Jesus died on the cross so we can have eternal life with him, so we can escape what's coming, the judgment of God. And even though Noah spoke for 120 years to people, be a preacher of righteousness, speaking the gospel, speaking pretty much the flood is coming, the flood's coming. We need as believers to continue to speak the word of God into people's life. The very simple message of the gospel, the cross. This is what we need to. We need to build arcs all around us. So people can hear the gospel and the message. Noah walked in faith. As I said to you, he had no expertise. He had no expertise. But for 120 years, he kept on building. He kept on preaching. He kept on sharing. Until the time came for him to be in the ark, protected covered against what was coming on the outside. I believe, as I was sharing this word, the Lord speak to, speaking to us about the incoming judgment, the shaking of a nation. And we already seen it was taking place around us. And like I said, this is not a time to be scared. This is a time to get where God wants us to be. I had to repent. I had to repent and say, Lord, I am sorry that I haven't been obedient to the word that you've spoken to me. I am sorry that my faith was an exercise when you've spoken to me words. We need to be obedient. Listen, the word obedience is such a key component, a key word in the kingdom of God. It's disobedience that brought Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. 
its obedience that brought Noah into the ark. And through Noah, God was able to repopulate the earth. That was a great, great, great commandment that was given to Noah. But it was also a great responsibility that was given to him. The responsibility to repopulate the earth after the flood. Now, I don't know what people thought about it when the flood came at the time or whether they were running to the boat. You know, the Bible doesn't say anything. The Bible said that when the flood came, God shut, all the animals went in and God shut. And I'm going to say something to us. It will come a time when God will shut his door. God is calling out people, different ones here. But it will come a time when God will shut his door. And we won't be able to, if we're not in, or if our brothers and sisters and neighbors, work people that we're working with, family members are not in, they won't be able to get in. They won't be able to get in. So we need to continue to walk in faith. We need to continue to be obedient to whatever God is saying to you. At times, it doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't make sense at all. And I keep telling that story. Two years ago when I left Huber, it didn't make any sense for me to leave without having a plan B. The sense would be for me to keep the license and a transition to what I was doing. The job were coming. They were not coming the way that they're coming now. They were coming, but it wasn't enough. But God told me, specifically told me, it's time to stop. So I had to stop. I was obedient. And because I was obedient, the situation turned around. And even now it's turning around. God may ask you something this morning, which doesn't make sense. Hear his voice. I don't know what I'm saying this morning, but I'm sensing. I'm sensing that God is speaking to different ones about a specific thing that God has asked people to do. And they haven't done it because logically it doesn't make any sense at all. I want to pray with you. We're going to have a, a breakout room session um, after the service, 11 o'clock. And if you need prayer in this area, please do join the breakout room so we can pray for you. Because I truly believe it is very important for us to heed what the word of God is saying when it comes to obedience at a time. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Lord, do you know what? I just pray, Lord, this morning. That we will have the spirit of obedience in us. So we will be obedient to the word that you have, speak you have spoken to us. The word that you are truly speaking to us right now. Lord, as we entering this, this second lockdown from Thursday onward. This is an opportunity for us as people of God to really seek your face, Father, in a way that we haven't done before. This is an opportunity for us to pray and seek and hear what you're saying to us and lord i pray that as you begin to unravel truth as you begin to unravel things to us i pray father that we will be obedient even when it doesn't make sense we thank you that you use noah as a, a precursor of the salvation of the cross but preserving him and his wife and his sons and his wife, son's wife as well so they can repopulate the earth and lord we ask you again for more of your wisdom more revelation 
more insight and help us, Father. Help us in this season in Jesus' name. Amen.